it is a, a lot about the feeling and a test score is not going to tell you that feeling for your child. I mean, of course, you're going to listen to friends and you're going to check out websites, but you really have to find the fit for your individual child. Welcome to the Raising Young Children in Wake County podcast, brought to you by the Project Enlightenment Foundation. I'm your host, Dr. Emily King, former school psychologist, currently a child psychologist, and a former parent of a child in Project's demonstration preschool. I also recently served as the board chair and am currently still serving on the Project Enlightenment Foundation as a board member. The goal of this podcast is to expand services to the young children in Wake County through parent education. In this 10-episode podcast series, we will include interviews with experts in early childhood education, psychology, and pediatrics to discuss topics including the importance of play, managing toddler behavior, language and motor development, kindergarten readiness, how to set up routines, and parent mental wellness. Okay, y'all. Today on the Raising Young Children at Wake County podcast, I am so excited to welcome Tamani Anderson-Powell as we discuss how to pick a kindergarten in Wake County. Welcome, Tamani. Thank you, Emily, for having me again. Thank you so much for inviting me to join you today. Absolutely. So let me first introduce you all to Tamani. If you have not met her or seen her somewhere on social media, she's very active on social media discussing magnet schools in Wake County. So Tamani Anderson-Powell is an educator by training, but a people person at heart. She enjoyed teaching in the middle school setting for nine years before serving as an assistant principal for two years. In her position as the Director of Marketing and Communication for Wake County Schools Office of Magnet and Curriculum Enhancement Programs, she has combined her passion for people with her desire to see all students succeed. She welcomes the opportunity to assist families as they explore varied educational choices in Wake County and models excellent customer service as one strategy to attract families to to magnet schools. She works closely with the Office of Student Assignment on selection priorities that allow Wake County Public School System's magnet schools to achieve the goal of integrated student populations with the Office of Communications to ensure that the message of Wake County's magnets reach the target audience and with the Office of Transportation to find solutions to the challenges of bringing students to magnet schools. It is worth it, but that's a challenge. (laughs) Tamani was raised to give back to her community and donates time and energy to better her local community through her sorority Delta Sigma Theta and St. Ambrose Episcopal Church. She loves time spent with her husband, children, and extended family the sound of the ocean, as well as great baseball and opportunities to see the world. So thank you so much. So how did you come to be in this role with Wake County Magnet Schools? Okay, so let me tell you, everything is fortuitous. Um, I was a teacher in Franklin County, and I was fortunate enough to get a teaching position at, it was then Daniels Middle School, um, so back in the day before the name change, and that was my first foray into magnets. Um, and technically they weren't a magnet, but they were still running the magnet schedule. And so little girl from Franklin County, I got to Daniels and I was like, oh my God, look at all these amazing opportunities. Um, and I loved it. I got to teach an elective. I did two electives and one that I really loved, Youth in the Law. And I thought, 
oh my God, if I could do this all the time, this would be great. And it's great for kids. And, um, and then I stepped out and took an AP position at a school, a non-magnet school. And I was like, oh God, I really miss all the excitement of a magnet. And then I happened to be in a meeting and someone noticed me and offered me a job to come back and be a program coordinator with the magnet office. And I jumped on it because I knew the amazing things that magnets offered and the opportunities that students have in magnet schools. And so I got to begin a new magnet program and be a magnet, a program coordinator. Um, And then I just kind of moved into the marketing field for our magnet schools, which at the time was super new. Uh, Bill McNeil was the superintendent and he kind of gave a directive of, we want to, you know, be sure that families know about magnet schools. So we want to start marketing our magnet schools. Um, I took a marketing course. I've done some online work. I work with other organizations, um, but I love what we do for kids and what we do for schools. And I'm always excited to share that information with families because I know when you think marketing, I have a great product and I want everybody to know about it. So I went from teaching in a magnet to promoting magnets and I love it. Mm -hmm. Well, one thing I'll jump in here and share as um, someone who was born in Raleigh and went to Wake County Public Schools and graduated from Wake County Public Schools. That's why I'm so passionate about this. But I attended a magnet in the 1980s. Both my boys have attended and currently attend magnet. So um, let's talk a little bit first before I ask you. I mean, it's obvious we're both really passionate about magnets and we'll get into that. But first, let's talk about what is a magnet school? How is it different from your traditional base school? And again, your base school could also be a magnet. So just help our listeners understand the difference. Certainly. So what you'll find in a magnet school that makes it different is how the instruction is delivered or some extra opportunities. So I like to tell parents what students have to learn is the same. So the curriculum is the same. You still have to learn how to read, how to write, how to do math. So what kids have to learn is the same. But how that instruction is delivered, the lens through which the teacher teaches or some of the elective or areas of interest opportunities are what's going to make a magnet school different. So even in our immersion schools, which are probably the most maybe different, students will be being taught in the target language. So the the teacher will be teaching in Spanish, but the teacher will still teach math and reading and science. It's just you're teaching it in Spanish. You still have to learn the same things, but how you learn it, the instructional delivery model or some of the other opportunities, the lens through which the teachers teach, that's what makes it different. And this is why I feel passionate about magnet schools for kids, especially that I work with in ter- in my psychology practice, but also knowing um, how young kids develop interests and develop a variety of interests and the engagement that, that we can get if we teach through that lens of some of these interests. Now, some families will choose a magnet because, for instance, the language immersion is important to their family and their culture. Or um, some might choose a magnet because of the opportunities with music. So I guess help me understand and help our listeners understand more about the choices. Why are we so passionate about these these different choices and what are they? Sure. 
So we have magnets in kind of all curricular areas. I mentioned immersion because that's probably maybe the most different for people. But even in kindergarten, learning a language, learning a second language is really good for the brain. There's a lot of brain research around that. And so you're right, for many various reasons, people might choose an immersion program Or if they don't want the total immersion, they might choose a school that offers daily language. So we offer languages. Um, We offer programs called Arts Plus. So we have a creative arts and science program where the specialists, we call them specialists, the dance teacher, the music teacher, the art teacher, will work with the classroom teacher so that they are supporting whatever the classroom teacher is teaching. If she's teaching volcanoes, then the dance teacher might teach a volcano-like dance that will help support students' learning of whatever the topic is in their regular classroom. We offer uh, Gifted and Talented is probably the most um, famous because it's been around. By the way, we turned 40 years old this year in Magnets, but Gifted and Talented is probably the most well-known It's the opportunity for students to explore lots of different electives beginning in kindergarten. And so kindergartners can take strings. They might take chess. There are science electives, math electives. So if you have an interest or if you want your child to have an interest in different areas, you might choose the gifted and talented program because there is that opportunity to just open your child up to explore lots of different areas. We also have STEM programs. Um, We have a new program coming to Wake Forest Elementary called iSTEM, Um, but we have a school of engineering. We have design and computer science. We have entrepreneurial design. Think Shark Tank for kids, like where kids really get to do a lot of hands-on, project-based, problem-based types of learning. And for a lot of kids, That's the very environment that they need to be in. So when you're looking at a magnet, you certainly want to look at what you think might be good for your child. What are some what are some interests they've already expressed or what are some interests you hope that they will will gain by attending a magnet school? So our magnet schools offer a a a wide variety of different learning environments. Now, I know that some parents listening are probably thinking right now, Tamani, my child is four. I don't know what they're into. So what would be the benefit of thinking about or investigating or what to look for if you choose to tour some magnet schools if you don't know what your child is into? First off, the benefit is just hopefully putting your child in a learning environment that might benefit them. And it doesn't work for everybody. For for some families... The base school and our base schools are really good. I shouldn't say base. Our non-magnet schools are really good. So if you're not in a magnet, I don't want you to think, oh my God, we're not in a magnet. They're never going to go anywhere. Our non-magnet schools are great. This is just kind of icing on a really good cake. When I tell parents, when you're looking, first off, if you can, I would take my child. Our elementary magnet schools are used to having children on tours. So you can take your child And it might be a great way for you to watch what kind of, if their eyes light up at anything. As you're touring, what is it that you think your child kind of gravitates to? Now, you also want to look at, um, I'll tell you things that were important to me. When the kids see the principal or see other adults, are they happy to see those people? 
does the spirit of the school feel like a, a, a place you want to leave your baby? Because when they're kindergartners, you're right, Emily, they're four. I mean, they might technically be five, but they're still four and they're still your baby. And I wanted to know, is this a place that I want to leave my child? Are these adults creating a community in the school where I want to leave my child? That's kind of outside of magnet. That's just in general. That was something I looked for. Um, but I also looked for, here's what I think my child likes. Is this school going to do something to engage my child in an area that I think they're maybe already gravitating to? Now, of course, when they get to middle and high school, that's a little different because they are old enough to kind of inform those decisions. And their interests are so much clearer by then. Yeah. Well, I quickly learned with my daughter who I, I, I thought she should go to um, the Wake Young Women's Leadership Academy because I went to Meredith and I love the all-female school. And she was like, no, that's not for her. But in elementary, and even though this is the job I do as a mom, I had to put on a different lens and I visited some schools with my mom hat on because every child is different. And so I wanted to find a school that benefit, that would I thought would support my child's needs. And so I think that's what you have to do. Even if they're four, I think you kind of have an idea of what some of their needs are. And if you can find a school that will support that, then that's icing on that cake. What are some of the differences in terms of the daily routines and the transitions of a magnet school versus a non-magnet school? I get this question a lot for children who who might not be ready for, um, you know, the in and out of the classroom, the electives for, you know, second, it's usually second semester kindergartners or into first grade. But then I get questions of children with, you know, high energy level who absolutely love that they get to move around the school. So what are some of the logistical differences parents can look for or ask about on tours? So our GT schools are gifted and talented schools. And by the way, gifted and talented simply means every student has gifts and talents. And there are electives that allow students to explore or develop those gifts and talents. So it's not about being smart. It is just about kind of finding the thing that you like. But our gifted and talented schools do have a a busier feeling day because students move from their regular kindergarten class to one or two electives per day. So your child as a kindergartner will have their kindergarten time, but then they might leave and go to a little science elective, um, kitchen chemistry or something of that nature. And so they're going to leave their kindergarten teacher and go to another class with with students who may be in grades kindergarten or first grade with a whole different teacher. And so you kind of have to decide, is that a benefit? Because your child really does need to move. Your child needs that movement to stay engaged. Or like for my daughter, would that be overwhelming? Because my daughter didn't transition well. She still doesn't, but now she's older, she has to. But I mean, so it was looking for the setting that I thought would work. Gifted and talented typically has a lot more transitions. By a lot more, I mean like four. Where um, entrepreneurial design, they do go to, and um, engineering, there is a time in the day when they go to like a lab, but it's not as, it's not as many transitions as the gifted and talented. Then there are um, 
themes where the theme really takes place in the regular classroom. So I mentioned immersion. Um, our leadership program, which is very popular, um, there's one at Combs and there's one at Green. But a lot of the leadership takes place in the classroom. It's about how the teacher delivers the instruction. Um, International Baccalaureate is the same way. A lot of it takes place in the classroom where the teacher is trained using an inquiry approach to teaching. And so it happens in the classroom. So some of the themes have a lot of transitions because children actually move throughout the building. Some themes really take place in the classroom and there are not as many transitions. And so if you kind of know, like I felt about my daughter, um, she didn't transition well, then I looked at themes where it just took place in the classroom or they only maybe had one extra transition. But if you know it's going to benefit your child to move, they need different teachers. They need that energy. Then you might want to look at a gifted and talented program or play in ingenuity where it's it's a lot more hands-on and they do get to move around the building some. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I think that one thing that's coming to my mind as we talk is something I talk with parents a lot about. And it's, um, I know new parents, meaning this is your first child to go to school, will often kind of Google what's the best school, right? And what you get when you do that usually are test scores. And I always caution parents to think about this because in in my experience and clinical opinion, the school is the people and the school is the curriculum. It's the people and then the connection and then what you learn. And so, yes, there are things about the building. Yes, there are things about the location. And there, of course, are things about how effective, you know, students can learn. But there's so many factors that can impact those test scores, I don't always find they're a great measure of finding the best fit for your child. So I would love to bust this myth right here and now about, you know, it's not about what school is, quote unquote, the best, but, you know, magnets are a great, um, you know, example of this. It's about choosing the kindergarten and the elementary school that you feel fits your child. And I would love to hear your opinion on that. I totally agree. So for one thing, Our magnet schools are very diverse places of learning, which we know that diversity in in student populations, it's good for kids. We, We know that, that being in that setting is really good for kids. And often the test scores don't reflect what's really going on in a building. It's one piece that you might look at. But if you just look at that, you're missing so much more of what's happening in that building. And... You really need to see what's a fit for your child. Now, I know parents, there's word of mouth and and they share things at the pool and at the lacrosse games um, about, oh, this school is great. But you really have to visit and explore and figure out if it's great for your child. Children are so different. Um, And just because they all play a sport together doesn't mean they all learn the same way. And so if you have a child who's really a great hands-on learner, you'll want to look at those programs. And I just would not focus on test scores. I really would try to get in the building and see what's going on and see how that program is being implemented and watch how students engage in that program without looking at the test scores. Um, I just think test scores are such a small part of what we do. Students test 
two days a year, and we try to focus everything on those two days when there are 175 other days of great things going on in buildings. So yes, bust that myth. Absolutely. Hope we busted that myth for everyone. Okay. So when, you know, parents of four-year-olds, sometimes, you know, just turned five-year-olds are looking at what is their base school. It might be a magnet. It might be a non-magnet. And we'll talk about logistics of this in a minute, but you can put your um, address in the Wake County website and then figure out what are your options for the magnet schools. And that's where you'd figure out where to tour. But then where do charter schools come into this? Because I know when you're at the pool or at the soccer game, you're hearing about, wait, there's another thing for me to look into. So talk to me about charter schools and where that fits in and why a family may want to investigate that too. So um, in North Carolina, charter schools are free, F-R-E-E, public schools, and they function in their delivery similar to magnets, meaning many of them have a theme or a way that they teach. Not all, but many of them have a theme or way that they teach. The main differences are they are not connected to a school system. So charters operate independently. They have their own school board and they make many of their own decisions. They work directly with the State Department of Public Instruction. So they are not under the umbrella of a school system. Meaning you can live in Johnston County and drive to a charter in Wake. Doesn't matter. Correct. Doesn't matter. They don't have those county boundaries um, and they don't have to... I'll say they don't have to do what our superintendent tells them (laughs) or our school board says. So our school board and our superintendent, our district leadership make decisions for magnet schools. Magnet schools still have to follow the same policies, procedures, benchmarks as any other school in the Wake County public school system. Charters do not. Charters, because they operate independently, may request waivers for different things. Um, Maybe all of their teachers are not certified. And so they are able to operate independently. And that's the biggest difference is how they operate. They also operate independently, meaning if you're interested in 10 charters, you have to explore each charter individually and apply individually because they don't... They don't communicate. They mm-hmm. don't communicate. They, they are independent. And that's probably the biggest difference. So if you're exploring charters, you know, I would do the same thing, try to visit, try to learn more. Um, I would ask about teachers' credentials because I know they don't all have to be um, certified. So that's something you'll want to look at. But they are free and they are public. Mm -hmm. And they also, if you have to follow um, implementing special education support, just like a public school would. So if your child is coming in with an individualized education plan or a 504 plan, Um, they also have to follow those, correct? That's correct. That's correct. But they may not offer, most do not offer any transportation and they may not offer um, lunch on site and they may not offer any reduced price lunching, lunch. Um, So you would want to, you know, ask about that as well. Mm -hmm. Let's chat real quick about transportation um, because this is sometimes a hang up for some families and it is completely a realistic downside for some families. Just tell us how transportation works in Wake County. I'm sure there's some history to go into here of like, how did this all evolve? Um, and why some families eventually decide this this makes 
you know, getting to school and getting home a little more challenging, but it's worth it. I agree. So um, when we first started Magnets, um, the Schools of Choice program actually began in 1982, hence why we're celebrating our 40th. The schools that were originally um, designated as Magnet typically were given neighborhood transportation. That means the bus would come somewhere walkable in your neighborhood. As we've added more magnet schools, we've not been able to add the same level of transportation. So many of our magnet schools offer express. That means you take your child to a stop. That stop will pick up a group of kids, 10 or whatever, make, you know, two or three express stops and then take the kids to school. So it's express because it's a quicker ride because they're not driving through the neighborhood. And then there are some magnets um, that do not offer any transportation at all. So Emily mentioned earlier you being able to uh, go to our website and enter your address to see what your base school is. That's the school that you're assigned to based on your home address. It's your base school. And then you have a myriad of options. At elementary, you probably have 19 different options. And Under each option, it will tell you the level of transportation that is offered for your address. So depending on where you live, um, I live in the northern part of the county. Combs is an amazing school and is um, hugely popular. But for my address, Combs does not offer transportation. And so at least I'm aware of that when I apply that this school does not offer transportation for my address. And so if transportation is important to you, if you want to use yellow bus service, then you will want to be sure that when you're exploring those options, A, you make sure that is the school that is listed as available for you to apply to, and B, you look up the level of transportation that is offered. So um, we have grown in Wake County, we've grown our magnet schools quicker than we could grow transportation. And of course, of late, everyone knows that um, in lots of different areas, you know, we're having problems getting bus drivers, not just in Wake County. This is a national phenomena of um, having that challenge. So we're trying to work through that challenge of being able to provide transportation when we can. Mm-hmm. So let's say a family is ready. They're listening to all this and they're like, OK, I'm ready to see all my options in terms of touring schools, taking their child um, to certain schools to see what lights their face up when they're in the building. So what exactly is the time frame of investigating magnet schools and and your base school, and if you want to look at charter schools, um, so that families can plan on this? So um, if you have a four-year-old living in your house, um, or even a three-year-old, we welcome you to come and visit our magnet schools. Our first big event is Saturday, October 29th, and that's when our Magnet and Early College Fair will be held in person. We're back in person this year at Enloe Magnet High School. And so at that event, it's from nine until noon. It's drop in. All of our Magnet schools will be there. All of the elementary will be in one area. And that's a great kind of one-stop exploration. I used to say one-stop shop, but one-stop exploration for learning a little bit about the different programs that we offer um, and just trying to see, take a cursory glance at all of them to see what's something you'd like to follow up on. Schools, um, some schools have begun their tour schedules or they will begin them in October. Um, So if you kind of know what you want to, to see, you could go ahead 
and schedule a tour at a school. Most tours are held during the day so that you can see the program in action. Um, and most schools are doing in-person tours again this year. So coming to the fair on the 29th allows you to kind of see all of the elementary programs in one place and just kind of get a feel for, I would love to follow up on, I heard Tamani mention immersion. I really want to follow up on immersion or I love that Shark Tank idea. I really want to follow up on entrepreneurial design. From there, you can tour the schools. Um, the application begins October 14th and runs until January 25th. So you have a long time before you have to submit your application. If your child is rising into kinder next year, you will need to enroll at your base school first. The enrollment process begins online. So you would enroll at your base school first. You complete the process by taking in the documents, the birth certificate, the proof of your residence, your ID, and the school will issue you a student ID number. They will keep that student ID number from grade kindergarten to 12. So you don't get a new one every year. You memorize it. It's about 100 numbers long. <laughs> it's not, but it, it could be like 10 numbers long. So it's like a social security number, but it's not. It's something different, but you will memorize it and they will learn it because they will use that number until 12th grade. You will need to have that ID number first, and then you can submit a magnet application. And then you can change your mind and you can go in and change your application. You can take a school off. You can add a school. You can apply to up to five schools, but only apply to schools you really, really want your child to attend. You don't have to put five. If you only want to be considered for one school, you just put one school. But you can put up to five. And you rank them, correct? And you rank them. First choice, second choice, you rank them. But I caution parents, don't just put a school because you're like, well, don't put that school. Only put the schools where you see your child's face light up, where you really know this is a place I want my child to be. Only apply to those schools. Because if you get it, they're going, right? If you get, if you get selected, then you're assigned. I tell parents, if you ask me, it's not really me. It's a computer. If I give you the school that you asked for, you're supposed to be happy. So only apply to a school that if you're selected for it, you're going to be happy that you got into that school. Um, because correct, if you're selected, you're automatically assigned to that school. And I want you to be happy at your magnet school. So only ask for one that really makes you happy. Now, um, once you are, let's say you get placed at a magnet school, do you have to apply every year or do you get to stay till fifth grade? So let me tell you two other perks about magnets. Besides the amazing programs, that's really the first perk. And Emily mentioned earlier, sometimes I drive my students to their magnet school. That means we get up a little earlier, but I think the drive is well worth it. And we're so used to the drive now. My kids don't know anything else. We're all fine. The first year I was like, oh my God, it's early. But once you start doing it, it's great because I do think the program is well worth the drive or the ride. So perk number one is the great program you're going to get. I promise you the product, the program is going to be amazing. You're going to love it. The other perk is you get to stay in that school for that grade configuration. Even if your neighborhood gets assigned to a different base, you don't have to worry about that 
because you're assigned to the magnet school and you get to stay. Even if you move, you can move anywhere within Wake County, you get to stay assigned to that school. Now, you might then if you had bus transportation, you might have to drive, but you get to stay assigned to that magnet school as long as you live within Wake County. Perk number three, there is a pathway priority. So if you're in a a gifted and talented elementary, you have highest priority and you will get into the gifted and talented middle and then the gifted and talented high school. So you have assignment stability in that school that you're in, plus you get K-12 priority. So you can create a K-12 pathway for your child. If you're in immersion elementary, you're going to, and you ask for it, you do have to apply, but you'll get into the immersion middle school and then into the immersion high school. So you can create this seamless pathway for your child, kindergarten through 12th grade. The perk of that is my kids have had the same friends since kindergarten, which means I've had the same mom and dad village since kindergarten. It has been amazing for us. Mm-hmm. Thank you for spelling all that out because those are so many of the questions I get and so many of the questions that people have. And I know we're, we're getting into the weeds talking about pathways in middle school. So don't don't worry about that too much, but just know that um, it does provide some stability. So if a family really, really wants to get into a magnet school and they do not, should they apply again the next year? Certainly, certainly. Now, I will tell you, it is more difficult to get in at upper grades, meaning first through fifth grade, because typically um, kindergarten is where all of my magnet seats are open. Once those seats get filled, because I just mentioned parents can stay, uh, not a lot of those seats become available in first grade or second grade or third grade. Some do because there's always some movement, but not many. So if you're thinking about a magnet school, I encourage you to take the leap of faith um, after you visit it and and apply for kinder. If you don't get into kindergarten, I do encourage you to continue to apply because there are always some seats that open up, but just know it is more difficult at upper grades. Sixth grade is the next year when kind of all the seats are open again, but now magnet students coming from fifth grade will have a higher priority to get in. So I would take that leap of faith in kindergarten and try a magnet. And then if it doesn't work, it's much easier to be assigned back to your base school if you just find it doesn't work for your family than to get into a magnet at first grade. So try for kinder. It's an, I'm telling you, our magnets are amazing. So let's shift back. And um, we talked about a little bit of this earlier, but shifting back to talking about all the school tours, like all the different kinds Um, In your experience, what are some of the best questions for parents to ask on these tours as they're looking forward to the fall? So I'll tell you, um, and there there are people who make charts about these questions, Um, but I really just want to know, what does the day look like for students? What is that schedule? What does the theme look like? What should I be looking for in the classroom or or in the electives, how is that theme delivered? What should I be looking for? I do want to know um, how does how does the theme of the magnet support that curriculum? Because that's important. You don't want. I tell kids it's not fame school where you dance all day and you don't read or write. 
students still should be reading and writing and doing math. And so how does the theme support the curriculum? How can I see them both in action? Other questions that are kind of important to me are, what's the teacher turnover? Because it it concerns me if a lot of teachers leave at one time. I'm kind of like, oh, what's going on? But if I know that, that the teacher, um, the teachers are steady at that school, they're trained and they stay, that's an important piece for me. Again, I, I don't ask a lot about test scores because I just think that's one or two days in time and is not always reflective of everything that's going on in that school. But I do want to talk about, um, and parents will ask about discipline policies, um, how discipline is or how students are encouraged to be their best selves during <laughs> during the day. So you certainly will want to ask about that as well. And then, you know, the regulars, what does it look like when kids go to the cafeteria? What about when they go outside? Those types of things. Um, but you'll ask that at any school. But at a magnet, I really would talk about how is the theme, how does the theme work to support the curriculum? Mm-hmm. And one thing you said, I, I agree with so much about the teacher retention rate. You know, I truly believe that schools are the people and, um, you know, school buildings are very similar. You know, I mean, they're a little bit different, but pretty similar. The structure of schools and the system of the school and how it works is often often similar with some some minor differences. But the happiness of the staff and the teachers is your thermostat for the culture and the vibe and the feel that you cannot do a Google search for. You cannot measure it other than visiting and feeling it. And and the only way to measure it truly is what you said, is how many teachers are coming back again and again because they love working there. Um, because happy teachers create happy classrooms, create happy students, and it's it just um, snowballs from there. So that is a great question to ask that you won't get the answer to that unless you ask. That's not something some sometimes if the retention rate, you know, is awesome and like they have a 99% retention rate, schools will certainly share that with you. But if you don't hear anything about that, ask that question um, at all of these tours, any type of school you are in. So if you could advise parents on one thing about choosing kindergarten, what would it be? Oh, my gosh. I would say look for the fit. Don't worry about test scores initially. Look for the fit if you can find it. And you're right. Therefore, we I, w- I used to say we don't have a theme where they dig in dirt, but now we do because we have two environmental connections themes, um, magnet themes. And so if you have a child that likes to dig in dirt, or if you guys do a lot of um, like growing your own vegetables or just things outside in the environment, we now have environmental connections themes that are, y'all, amazing. One school has a beehive in their school, like you can watch them. It's incredible. But I get it when they're four, you kind of don't know. And so I think, though, as you visit different schools, you will begin to see pieces where you're like, my child does like to do that. Once you see children doing something that you thought, oh, you know, my kid maybe just likes that. It's not part of school. But for magnets, it may be a part of school. So I would say look for that fit. Hit our websites. Um, Coming off the pandemic, a lot of schools have virtual tour 
videos or slide decks that you can kind of walk through that will help you get a feel before you actually visit the building. I think once you see some of these things, you'll know that would be a great fit for my child. So look for the fit. Just even if you think you don't know, look, I bet you do know. I completely agree. So just to summarize some of the logistics. So the the first thing really for parents to do is to enroll their kindergartner at their base school. Go on the Wake County website, put your address in and figure out your list of what your options are if you're considering anything outside of your base school. Go to the Magnet Fair, because if you go to the Magnet Fair and you haven't looked up your options, then you could be talking to people and getting excited about something that's not an option for you. So make sure you know your options. And, first, we'll, right? and we'll be there, staff from Student Assignment will be there to help you look up those options. Great. So we'll have support there to be sure that you are looking at the schools to which you can apply. Just find someone to help you look up those options. Great. And then you go tour and you figure it out and um, and and see what you think feels best, um, you know, and tour all, all the things, you know, your your base, if it's a non-magnet and then um, magnets. And if you're interested in charters and um, and talk to, you know, your child's preschool teacher or talk to their providers to see if there are um, any opinions about those things. But this is truly, um, you know honestly like a feeling you get about the fit, right? It, it is. It, it's um, it's hard to know until you just go see. Oh my God, Emily, you are so right. It is a, a lot about the feeling and a test score is not going to tell you that feeling for your child. And it's so important that you continue to think about your child. I mean, of course, you're going to listen to friends and you're going to check out websites, but you really have to find the fit for your individual child. Exactly. So when someone says, oh, this is such a great school, you should go, you need more information. Why is it great? And how, why did they think it's great? Because something that's great for somebody else may not be great for you and vice versa. So think of all the things that would be great for your child. I host um, a parent info session. Emily can share the, the website um, information with you. So it's just general information about application and selection and just general information about themes. You can join that just to learn more, but I really encourage you to come to our Magnet Fair on the 29th. I think that's the best place to start and then visit those schools. It really is about the fit for your child and the feeling that you get. Yes. Well, thank you so much, Tamani, for joining us and giving us lots of helpful logistic information, but also that um, that warm and fuzzy parent feeling we have about taking care of our babies as they enter kindergarten. Yes, that's so huge. Even for people who work in this every day, when, when you're the parent, that lens changes everything. So be sure to explore and just try to find the right fit for your kid. Emily, thank you for having me. I'm so excited I was able to join today. Thank you. All right, everyone. Thanks so much for listening to Raising Young Children in Wake County, brought to you by the Project Enlightenment Foundation, which you can find at projectenlightenmentfoundation.org. We would love for you to subscribe to this show and share it with your friends and fellow parents. We're all in this together, and we hope we can make a difference in the lives of parents and children. Thanks to KNL Gates, a global law firm with offices in Raleigh and RTP, for their generous contribution to make this podcast happen. 
Thank you to our sponsors, the Empire Gives Back Foundation and Empire Eats, which includes the Downtown Raleigh Restaurants, City, Gravy, Raleigh Times, Mecca, and the Pit Authentic Barbecue, bringing great food to the community as well as supporting local causes, especially those that touch the lives of children. Thanks to BHDP, an award-winning international architectural firm, which is recognized for intelligent, innovative, and inspiring design solutions in architecture, planning, and interior design. This podcast is edited and produced by EarFluence. I'm Dr. Emily King, and we'll see you again soon on Raising Young Children in Wake County.